The Lightning Thief, <laughs> Chapter 17. We shop for waterbeds. It was Annabeth's idea. She loaded us into the back of a Vegas taxi as if we actually had money and told the driver, Los Angeles, please. The cabbie chewed his cigar and sized us up. That's 300 miles. For that, you gotta pay up front. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood. Join us as we journey back through a childhood favorite series. And see what lessons we can learn as adults from these books that meant so much to us as kids. Today, we are talking about chapters. Oh my god, I always go into this. (laughs) We're talking about chapters 17 and 18. We shop for a waterbed and uh, Annabeth teaches obedience school. That was really close, close. right? It was. Good job. Okay, thank you. Through the theme of death. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Okay. Let me pull up that timer. I'm ready. We'll see how it goes. Ready? Mm hmm. Steady? Mm hmm. Okay, go. Okay. POV, you've been in a casino for five days, then you get in a taxi, you have a medical credit card, you go to LA, and um, on the way you do a lot of dream analysis, and then um, Percy almost drowns to this woman who's like, not an iad, but like almost, and I can't remember her name, um, and then she gives you pearls, and then um, you fight a mortal kid, and then you almost die on waterbeds because stretchy stretch, and then you save your friends by acting interested, and then you go down and meet Karen, and he has a fun accent, and then you get the Underworlds explained to you, and Cerberus, and Annabeth plays the Cerberus and befriends him, and... <laughs> that was pretty much all everything, though. In one time... <laughs> What what was your last? Cerberus gets sad when they pass through. <laughs> he does. That was so sad. I was heartbreaking. And then Annabeth cries. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> when you said you couldn't say remember the Naiad's name, I thought I still I also can't remember the Naiad's name. And like speaking of things we forgot, um, I forgot about her. Me too. And then I forgot about her again. Like right now. I, like, <laughs> I like have it written, but I don't want to pronounce it wrong. <laughs> like, like Nared, Nared, it's like some type of water spirit, <laughs> and I just don't want to be wrong. Like, I remember the distinction was like naiads are for fresh water and Nereid salt water. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's fun. I know. As as I was listening to this part in the book. I was like, I already, like, as I was listening to it, I forgot, like, her name. Yeah, that's fair. Also, can we really quick talk about how they got to Santa Monica, and they, like, go to the beach, and Annabeth's literally, I don't actually know if it was Annabeth. One of them says, it wasn't Percy. Annabeth or Grover says, what do we do now? And Percy's just silent, and, like, it goes into, like, his thoughts, and then he's like, I'm gonna walk into the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Reading that part was so funny because he basically just walks off. He says, I have to go. You know what? I am going to leave. Like, he just walks into the ocean without explaining anything to anyone. Like, isn't that so weird? (laughs) You know what? I am going to leave. (laughs) He did. Like, Annabeth says, what are we going to do now? He's just like... "Mm." Does not answer. Just into the sea. So funny to me. Yeah, oh my god. 
he really just went for it. And then there was the little sharky boy. Yeah, boy. That was such a cute little moment where he just like patted the shark, and the shark was like, "Hi, love me, please." Right. It was so cute. There was so there was two different times that we were like evil animals in this set of chapters. That yeah. were like, Oh no, wait. Yeah. My really brain, powerful. my brain completely stopped working for a right. second. It's there. fair. It's very fair. Uh, but when the naiad is talking to him. And then he's like, oh, what did you mean about remember the gifts? And she's like, follow your heart. (laughs) (laughs) What? They're so vague. I think I talked about this last time we saw her. And I was like, you are unnecessarily vague. No, that's so true. It reminded me of the tweet that was like, if I eated soap, I didn't eat it because I did. No, I didn't. (laughs) No, truly. And she says, um in St. Louis and also here like don't trust the gifts was like one of the things she says and I was like so that's talking about the sneakers not to yeah. spoil but like to spoil yeah. that's talking about the sneakers but you just gave him a gift so wouldn't that also fall under the jurisdiction like unnecessarily vague the sneakers and the bag yeah but she just gave him a gift so is he supposed to read it like, don't trust those? Because those are good gifts. But yeah. the other two are like what we should be worried about. It's like if on your birthday, like someone gives you a present and is like, but don't open it. <laughs> You're like, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, what? Like, like, I'm not sure what to do here. <laughs> Pandora with her little box. True parallels. Ooh. <laughs> not perpendicular. Correct. So, one of the major things I forgot was the entire waterbed sequence. (gasps) Me too. My dude, Krusty. I I completely forgot about that, and I think because it really only serves as a vehicle for them to find out where DOA is. Yeah. How random his thing is. Like, his thing is stretching people. I know. (laughs) Also... Mattress stores are money laundering schemes. That's so true. Yeah. Who the okay? I'm not. So gonna they all money. have bad intentions. Like, why <laughs> would you pay that much? <laughs> why? Also, I don't think I've ever wanted a waterbed. Wow. Okay, so I have, <laughs> but oh? I've never acted on it. <laughs> I'm going to add a quick disclaimer that I was kidding that all mattress. <laughs> Oh, are money laundering scheme. Like they definitely are, but for legal purposes, I am kidding. For uh. legal purposes, come at me. <laughs> I don't care. So, but it's it's good to know that only Ava will be privy Take to. By the <laughs> I will be stretched by Krusty himself. What if I am only half an inch away from six feet? Then he won't have any reason to do it. See, yeah, like, does he just, like, sell the waterbeds to people who are six feet? Give me some half-inch heels. I'm walking in there. <laughs> well, he, is, he says, too, like, once they hit six feet, like, he'll let them go, like, if they don't die. Yeah. So, so he really is just doing this to get people to six feet and then, like, let them go if they survive. 
Yeah. It's so random. It's so random. It really is. scares me is like the fact that he like shrinks people also and like chops them. (laughs) I'm like, oh God, like you really want this for yourself so badly? Like, why do you, why? (laughs) The real question is, is he even six feet? He is over six feet. It's addressed. Because because they put him on the bed and Percy's like, you're not six feet. (laughs) Something I forgot about. Yes. Even though I just read it. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's Our crazy. minds. Our minds. Steel traps. <laughs> also, he get they get like attacked on the street and that's why they go into the waterbed store and he like tries to cut down this dude and it goes through him and he's like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> hmm. I forgot how cool the DOA recording studios are. Mm, that's true. I kind of forgot all about that. I also sort of, now that we're getting to like later in the chapters, I forgot that Karen had an accent. And I listened to the audiobook this week because I had to clean my room. Um, and the accent is so funny it's like a full Australian like drawl. Oh yeah, the the accent that that the audiobook goes with is fully Australian. And I'm like, I don't know if this is what the text was alluding to. It's so funny because it sounds just like this one like TV character and I'm like, I can't stop picturing it. I'm like, this isn't what it's supposed to but also like, wow, what a what a little portrayal. Oh, it was very funny to me. I I love the fact that he had an accent. I do have to say Karen's style, impeccable. As they were describing him, I was like, this man has it down. Like, yes, outfit on point. (laughs) Also, I forgot how, like, actually terrible the fields of asphodel are like that 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 sounds worse than being tortured yes like standing in a field in kansas forever i would cry i would cry too i can't sit and do nothing for five minutes much less forever also they definitely have like mild pollen like they definitely have like (laughs) mild allergies for everyone and like i would I would hate it there. Like just I sitting didn't in a even field. Think about that. <laughs> sitting in a field of trees, itching your eyes. I like, like it reminds me of like the medium place and the good place where like you can't have things too good. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. but this sounds way worse than the medium place. No, it's it sounds about right. I mean, Mindy St. Clair's house is not pleasant. <laughs> to yeah, but you can still actually like do like a few things. Maybe it's the same things, but can. it's I, something. I also feel like, but in the fields, I feel like you could make friends. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. I I feel like I would like to to make friends to go through the field. Like if I had any energy left by that point, but like like walking through the fields and kind of like befriending the people like if if there was someone that was like kind of shitty like if, i don't know it would be kind of fun to like if there was a celebrity that was like kind of shitty but like you kind of liked them for it like they'd probably end up there and like you could be friends with them okay i suppose yeah. 
That's so, fair. So, like, field in Kansas with mild pollen is like an ugly concept. In there, so. so is it? Would it be a, an allergy to poplar trees, or like what? No, are, I'm sorry. We're not having that conversation. <laughs> We're not getting. This is. We're very not boring. getting into the type of trees in the fields. Of, I'm sorry. I can't physically do it. <laughs> so, like, I don't even know different kinds of trees. The fact that you just said poplar tree and like knew what you were talking about is so impressive to me. Right? Isn't it poplar trees in the field of ash? That's like the thing. It's like the only tree there. I don't remember that, but I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like it's in the next chapter. We'll see next week. Maybe, uh... <laughs> Stay tuned for that one. <laughs> Stay tuned to find out what trees are in the fields of Asphodel. <laughs> oh, also, they see Smelly Gabe on TV with uh, this woman who's, like, pretty... Yeah, like, Barbara Walters! Her. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, and then he has, like... I don't remember her name. Some sort of whore. Uh, <laughs> like, you know. Like, yeah, I can't remember. But there was a thing that, like, um, the TV host says, is Percy Jackson disturbed a terrorist? And I was like, a terrorist? <laughs> yeah, what, guys? <laughs> I was like, how competent? I guess they're pretty confident for 12-year-olds, but, like, what 12-year-old is a terrorist? Like, what 12-year-old has the motives to be a terrorist? Right. Not even not even the ability. It's motives. But mostly, what has he done? Oh, I guess... He blew up thing. the... He blew up a bus. He blew up the St. Louis Arch. Okay. He well, blew up a car. Well, did they tie him to the St. Louis Arch? Yes. Oh. Then, yeah, maybe the terrorist <laughs> thing is... <laughs> <laughs> oh wait maybe he maybe is a terrorist belief is founded okay <laughs> he doesn't i'm not saying he is a terrorist i'm saying i kind of get why they think he's one now <laughs> also like shouldn't more people know what he looks like i feel like they're just walking around no one's really suspecting anything if he's really this bad of a terrorist they would have his face everywhere Honestly, the lack of people they run into on this cross-country trip kind of astounding. But I also feel like there might be a good part of it with the zebra. They did spend... We did talk about this last week, like how long they spend in that zebra truck. Yeah. I think also there might be like a little bit of missed action there. That's true. (gasps) That is true. The misty boy. (laughs) (laughs) that just made me like gag (laughs) when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply okay where do we see the theme of death well a few times low place called the underworld (laughs) um 
I think it's just interesting to think about how death works in these chapters and these books. And also, like, just, like, how many times they, like, narrowly escape death. Yeah. Yeah. Also kind of, like, looking at, like, what the three, like, the I guess kind of the three that are on the um, trip think about death each. Like, Annabeth seems... Like she's she like she acts like she's not terrified of it, but like in reality, you know, she kind of is. And then Percy's just kind of like reckless and like will do anything for his mom. And Grover is like, he's kind of the opposite of Annabeth, where he like puts on this like fierce, protective, nervous exterior when in reality, like all he wants to do is like dedicate himself to finding this, you know. And like, there's this one page. I'm looking at the PDF, so I, I don't know exactly, but um, it's like when Percy steps into the water. Um, Annabeth's like, you know how polluted that water is? There's all kinds of toxic, like, she's so scared that he's gonna, like, die. And Percy's just like, I'm gonna go! Like, (laughs) so it's like, I don't know, this, like, almost life or death situation they can look at completely differently, which is interesting to me, especially just because it's told from Percy's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, like, I'm trying to think about the times they narrowly escape death in these chapters. Uh, he gets into the water and he walks into the water, not completely sure if he's going to be able to breathe. Uh, he runs into a shark who doesn't attack him. They narr- they almost get stabbed on the street. Yeah, Rusty almost kills both of them. They're not sure if they're actually going to die entering the underworld. Cerberus also kills them. These weren't that many pages. <laughs> That's true. Uh, really quickly on like the process of death in this version of like the Greek mythology universe, there was a line that said that the terminals were like a cross between like an airport and the New Jersey Turnpike. Mm-hmm. And not to bring up New Jersey, because we love New Jersey, and New Jersey is a great place. Who is we? Turnpike. Who is we? Do not include us in this. (laughs) The Turnpike is not a great place. I have been on it. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, as as someone who has driven on the New Jersey Turnpike as well, I can concur. Yeah. But I just wanted to make sure that we all know that we still love New Jersey anyways. You're using the uh, the article we. <laughs> and uh, because it applies, correct? No. I find nothing, ma'am. <laughs> this is not a co- podcast that supports the concept of New Jersey. No. no we support 33. Listen, let's look at it from a mathematical perspective. 33%, of our um, content creation source supports New Jersey. Now, that is a failing grade, okay? And thus... <laughs> we love New Jersey. I don't know. I don't know if there's room for... Anyways, Anyways, Percy Jackson, um, they all died in a bathtub together. Yeah, what an excuse. That was the the funniest thing. Where she's like, how'd you die? And it's like, we all died in a bathtub together. (laughs) And he's like, okay, like, I've seen weirder, but like, okay. And he's like, 
that was a pretty big bathtub and seems impressed. <laughs> like, no question. It's like, okay, the underworld security, like, could be better. Let's be real. Like, it seems they like they have a lot of infrastructure put in place, but, like, these three kids get in so easily. They do. Which is why we pay service workers well. Otherwise, they will stab you in the back. It's the lesson we've learned from Karen. It is. <laughs> what a real one. I think it's also interesting to see how Percy perceives death. Percy perceives? Sorry. <laughs> because when he was talking about like killing Karen, he was like, I don't feel bad. I don't care because if he's a human, nothing's going to happen to him. And if he's a monster, he'll just go and like sit there and come back in a little bit. So just like how being a demigod really like changes their perception of death because Mm -hmm. they're always really close to dying, but like nothing, most people that they kill don't actually like, or will attack don't actually get hurt. Yeah. Which is like a struggle. I'm sure. Except for other demigods, which is super tragic. Shit tragic. There was also a part in there, like a brief little part. And I feel like multiple times throughout this entire book, there's been moments that are like thrown in talking about like human perception. And I don't know if it's to Brit, like build the gaps between our world and this Greek mythology world that's like intertwined with ours. But they talk about the guy, the televangelist who did a yes. bunch of bad shit. And I wrote a paper. He says, well, he believed in a different God. How is he down here? And Grover is, says something along the line. I don't have the quote in front of me, but it was something along the lines of like, well, you don't know what he's seeing right now. He could be seeing everything he ever believed. And I was, it's just like really crazy. It's <laughs> like the color thing. To be like thrown into a children's story about like heroism. Like it was crazy. It's like the yeah. color thing. Yeah. Like, exactly. how do I know that my red is your red? That's <laughs> true. But at the same time, like, I think it's so smart. Um, yeah. You wouldn't think, like, you think that it would be kind of a given for us to be not like open-minded but like to separate this from any organized religion like in day-to-day life because like it is fiction but I feel like Rick Riordan just does a very good job of like assuring whatever audiences he has that like it's okay to think what you will you know even though it's fiction like he goes the extra mile and is kind of like well but also there's room for you to believe this you know you don't have to go by the rules of like the Greek pantheon all the time like even in children's book where like it doesn't actually matter but like he goes out of his way to like make people comfortable and like i love that i think that's so great and it's in a similar vein to that uh we don't have to get into this too much but looking at the the theme of death and how death works over the course of like all the riordan verse books how we see like three different under not underworlds but three different afterlives um, in his different books, because we see the underworld here, we see the um, Egyptian afterlife, we see the Norse afterlife. Like the Ma- Magnus Chase books start off, Magnus Chase dies. 
Oh, see, I didn't know that. Like, in the first couple chapters. So it's just interesting to see, like, I, I want Rick Riordan to, like, write an essay on, like, how death works in his universe, almost, mm-hmm. because, like, are they all going to this same place that's looking different, or are they, like, actually going to different places, and then how do you decide, like, who ends up where, like, where do, like, the atheist and agnostic people go, like... <laughs> yeah. Like, who's in charge of all the sorting? Does someone, like, watch a list? <laughs> Does someone watch a list? Now for our favorite segment, Sass Moments. Yes. 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 All right. So Okay, I was gonna see I don't I wasn't gonna be the one to end it. Um okay, my moment, because I wanna go first today. <laughs> my moment Just honestly because I'm gonna forget it. Okay. Is in Krusty's waterbed supply store. That's not what it's called, but <laughs> um, buying you waterbed. And they describe Krusty. Percy's like this man, and he introduces him. He goes, "I'm Krusty," and Percy's like, "Yeah, you are." Yeah. <laughs> like in his head, <laughs> and I was like, "This is exactly." what I expected the next sentence to be. I was like, yeah, (laughs) me too. Yeah. No, I, (laughs) it was funny. He's like, before I even read that bit, he was like, I'm crusty. And in my head, I was like, Oh, you know what I'd say to (laughs) like, I would say, I know. (laughs) Because he read our minds. So good. Oh, mine is like kind of a sass moment, kind of like just something I, would like to discuss um I thought it was funny at first but then I was like oh no um they're talking about who's on the court um for dead people (gasps) yeah I think it's Grover who says yeah three judges they switch around just sits on the bench King Minus Thomas Jefferson Shakespeare people like that and like at first I thought it was funny because why but then I realized like oh no (laughs) I would never, ever want my life in the hands of King Minus or Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Shakespeare's fine. That's fine. But, um, oh no. <laughs> I laughed at first because I thought it was ridiculous. And then I realized that King Minus actually was a judge in mythology. And so I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So it's kind yeah. of my last moment turned angsty. <laughs> yeah, I was so upset when I heard this. I was like, even even when we're dead, we're going to be judged by rich, straight white men. Yeah. Like, I guess for, I guess at least William Shakespeare is not straight, so. That's real. I also just trust him because I love all of his work. I love sitting there getting judged in hell. I love love your work. work. (laughs) Like, does it help to say that uh, (laughs) I did an organization (laughs) like based on your plays when I was in cop? Like, (laughs) (gasps) okay, Neve, what do you have for us, guys? My only two moments were the ones that Braden said, and the one of Annabeth yelling about the pollution. So they've been said already. They've been touched on. 
Well, <laughs> I should have been like you, Brayden, just jumped at the gun and forced everyone to listen to me go first. I know. I was like, oh, someone definitely already has this. So I want to be the one to say it. I heard it was funny. I was listening to it and I was like, ooh, like, and with the crusty part, I was like, ooh, that's going to be mine. But like, I forgot what it was and I couldn't find it. So I ended up just landing on this one. But like, hmm. even though I definitely paraphrased it and did not quote it, uh, but we're good. Yeah, nothing bad. <laughs> okay. Our last thing, as always, we must bless up and give an offering for one of the characters in these chapters. Mm. Who would like to go first? Me. Um, <laughs> I would like to give an offering for Karen. I, what a real one, like enlisted to do that, to do that manual labor, take people in his little boat and row them to wherever forever I think that's such a thankless job and I he just does it over and over and he does I don't think he's ever made a mistake (laughs) um so he also just like I don't know I know he's definitely interpreted in a lot of different ways um and you know I know a lot of scholars kind of look at him like oh he was kind of a dick but like in this book, he's nice. <laughs> he's kind of nice to them. And I'm like, if you have the patience to be nice after forever, I <laughs> applaud you. So I I just want to tell him he's a real one. <laughs> and tell him to keep doing what he's doing, even though he has no choice anyway. I mean, that's real. I lose patience to be nice after like five minutes, but like eternity. I know. Could not imagine. Neve, do you want to go? Sure. I'd love to. Thank you for asking. Um, my offering this week is for Annabeth. Um, just purely based on the Cerberus scene alone. I wrote in my notes, the Cerberus scene was so cute, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, it was just really sweet. And as we m- mentioned before, um, I feel like these chapters, we learn a lot more about like Annabeth's fear that she's a lot more scared than she lets on. And we've known that from the beginning, but I feel like it really comes out in these two chapters when they get closer to their actual goal and destination of like going into the underworld. She was more easily able to put on a brave face when she was just traveling across the country. And, but now that they actually are there and have to go into the underworld, it, it becomes a lot more apparent. And yeah, the Cerberus scene was just so adorable. And it showed that, like, Cerberus needed someone to, like, needed a friend and someone to pay attention to him. But also, like, Annabeth liked to have that little moment, too, because she was also, like, affected by it and, like, upset. So, yeah. yeah. That's mine. In a similar vein, <laughs> I'm going to give my offering for Cerberus. How did I know? Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, because he is just a little pupper who is sitting and guarding hell and, like, watching these dead people walk by him every day, and no one plays with him. Like, imagine being a dog who has that much responsibility, and no one be playing with you. Oh. 
And he is shown such kindness by Annabeth. And then he loses his friend. And just a blessing for all the lonely people. <laughs> and all the, all, all the lonely dogs. Um, Damn. When you said lonely dogs, it made me sadder. <laughs> sadder than lonely people, right? Yeah. So much. Uh, I love him so much. But I think... I think in the future books, they they say that, like, Nico plays with him or something. So, I have hope that his life oh, gets better. Okay. Yeah. Deserves it. <clears throat> okay, folks. That's all for this week. Before we go, we have one announcement that we forgot to say at the beginning of the episode. Um, we're launching a Patreon Yes. Oh my God. So exciting. Uh, basically we're going to have a couple things up there. Uh, we're going to be posting the videos of our recordings. Uh, we will have some like bonus voting power for patrons, uh, to like vote on episode themes and like special episodes. Uh, we'll have a couple bonus episodes up there. Uh, and, most importantly, we're going to do a Patreon series for um, the Kane Chronicles. It'll be slower. I think we're going to do uh, one chapter maybe like every two weeks instead, just because it's a lot. It's already a lot to do this one podcast. Uh, but we'll have that. Uh, and we're thinking of more ideas to go up there. So check out the link to that in our bio. And then, Ava, tell us what we're doing next week. Next week, (laughs) we are covering chapters 19 and 20. We find out the truth, sort of, and I battle my jerk relative, respectively. And we are covering a theme of honesty. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are at Return to Camp. And we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, bye.